You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to help you plan that unbelievable travel experience. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. What's going on, everybody? Nick Filato of Big Blue View here, joined by Chris Flum to break down some of the top offensive tackles in the 2022 NFL Draft. So if you head on over to Big Blue View, we as a group have been doing these articles that we term making the case for. And then we put two players next to each other and make the case for and against said players. And I think two of the arguments among offensive linemen that have kind of resonated with a lot of Giant fans, because let's be honest here, Chris, the offensive line has been an issue for the New York Giants for, I don't know, Chris, how many years has the offensive line been an issue for the New York Giants? Um, I think we're going on 12. It seriously seems that way. And specifically with the right tackle position, have the Giants had anybody competent outside of maybe Justin Pugh for a little bit, but it didn't necessarily work out since Kareem McKenzie was their right tackle? Uh, pretty much. That, that's pretty much the way it has gone down for the Giants. Uh, you know, the, they had that stretch from like, you know, 2007, 2008, 2009, and then they just had ridiculous injuries in 2010. Uh, Coach Flats, he did a phenomenal job with the pieces he had but then it seemed like everybody just kind of got old all at the same time and yeah that the Giants have really struggled keeping a both restocking that offensive line and developing the guys they bring in I honestly think that the best right tackle they've had since Kareem McKenzie other than Justin Pugh was a rookie and then he got moved to guard was probably Mike Remmers. And that says a lot about the just current state of the Giants' offensive line. But they're in position right now where they have upgraded their interior offensive line. They signed Max Garcia, a player who might not even start for the New York Giants, but somebody who can if you need him to. The Giants, Joe Shane, have just added a bunch of functional players who can start in a pinch and I think will be a significant upgrade over the guys who were starting last year. But they position themselves at five or seven to select one of these top tackles in the draft. And we're going to go over the top four right here. And we're going to look at it through the prism of Evan Neal, the Alabama tackle versus North Carolina state's tackle, Icky Iquanu, and then Mississippi state tackle, Charles cross versus Trevor Penning, the tackle out of UNI. So let's start with Evan Neal and Icky Iquanu, Chris, what is your overall opinion on that? argument who who would you prefer and why you know i i this is a case where i'm not quite sure you can go wrong with either player uh, evan neal i i like watching him on tape he doesn't look as big as he is and to me that's actually kind of a good thing where you know you get get a guy like a daniel falale where he looks every bit of six foot eight almost six foot nine and you know, 380 pounds. Evan Neal is not much smaller. He's definitely not much shorter. Uh, he's over six foot seven, which I normally feel like is too tall for a tackle. Uh, 
but he's also just under 340 pounds and he carries his weight extremely well. He, he does not have any sloppy weight on him. Yeah. He almost looks like a supersized tight end as opposed to a big tackle and he can play multiple positions. He moves really well for a player his size and he moves with a lot of control i've noticed like there's really no wasted motion he's got plenty of power but it's very controlled power ikwanu also pretty big dude yeah he's thick wide he is very powerful he plays with a a ton of aggression yeah the fact that we're going to be talking about trevor penning and Troy Smith is, you know, he exists, so we can't say Icky is the most aggressive blocker in this draft class, but he's right up there. And that aggression is noticeable on tape. When he hits defenders, they go backwards. When he latches on, their their rep is pretty much over. Yeah, I, I tend to, I think, lean a little bit more towards Evan Neal just because of the type of offense they run in Alabama. They they are basically running NFL systems or at least as close as a college team is going to get to an NFL system on offense and defense. And that is what he, what Evan Neal has been steeped in. So I, I tend to lean a little bit towards Neal just because I think, I think he would have a little bit shorter learning curve, but it's really close between them. And I don't think you can go wrong. I like both players as well. And I also lean towards Neil, as I say, in the piece. And you're, you're right, man. Iquano, he's one of the more violent and effective run blockers that we've seen come into the NFL. And I've seen people who cover the draft make the comparison to Greg Robinson, the second overall pick in 2014 out of Auburn. Just because when you watch Iquano's film, and I want to get your take on this, Chris, there are some deficiencies in pass protection. There's oversetting. There's this lack of understanding on how to strike, when to strike. Granted, when he does strike, it's very violent and it packs a very heavy punch and you love to see all of those things. But I think Evan Neal, who has some warts in run blocking, I think he's a good run blocker, but I feel like he has some balance issues. He kind of leans into the contact a little bit and then gets tossed to the deck, something I didn't really realize until I dove into his film. But I think Evan Neal's ability as a run blocker is much better than Iki Aquano's ability as a pass blocker. And for me, I would go Evan Neal, although I do believe Iki Aquano has a lot of upside. And I don't think he is Greg Robinson because by a lot of reports, I'm not in any of these buildings, but Robinson really struggled to adapt to the F- FBI part, the football IQ, <laughs> you know, that kind of part of the game. Iki Aquano is not going to have that issue this dude had scholarship offers from harvard and yale yeah i think that's a great way to describe it not the football intelligence part but that evan neal's run blocking is better than icky's pass protection and just the state of the modern nfl you have to be able to pass protect you know, right now, even just looking in the giants own division you've got chase young and montez sweat in washington you've got Micah Parsons and Demarcus Lawrence in Dallas. And then you've got Hassan Reddick and Josh Sweat and who, whoever else the Eagles bring in there in Philly with their three first-round draft picks. You, you need to be able to keep your quarterback upright. Otherwise, you aren't doing anything in the modern NFL. And even just looking at it from just a straight math point of view, 
if you have a running back who averages five yards a carry, that's phenomenal, right? Yeah. If you have a quarterback who averages eh, about seven yards per seven yards an attempt or seven yards, of, well, seven yards of completion is actually pretty good, but seven yards per attempt, that's just kind of, you know, whatever. Most quarterbacks can do that, but you're still picking up two more yards per passing attempt than you would for a, as compared to a phenomenal running back. So it, it, passing is just more valuable right now, just the state of the NFL. So you're going to be throwing the ball more. And we know from what Brian Dabble did in Buffalo, they threw the ball a lot and they didn't really rely on their running backs to carry their offense. Unless you consider Josh Allen also a running back. Of course. And Josh Allen has that kind of unique skill set. And I think it's curious that Evan Neal didn't test because he didn't test at his pro day either, right? I don't believe so. And I, I do have to say that that is one thing that kind of stood out to me is that he didn't compete at, compete at the combine. He did the drills at the pro day, but you know, didn't actually throw down numbers. He didn't throw down the numbers. And why that's so weird to me is I think we've all seen the box split clip that was going around Twitter. Like there's no way this guy isn't going to have ridiculous lower body explosiveness. So I think like, why didn't you test? And that leads me to some questions. And this is somebody who was number one overall on Bruce Feldman's freak list. Like he is a freak athlete at that size, at that length. My biggest issue with Evan Neal was balance as a run blocker. I just feel like that center of gravity and that pad level rose and he would put his chest in front of his toes sometimes. And look at me, I'm just rhyming over here. <laughs> but th- those were my issues with Neil. Still, if the Giants are sitting at five and Icky and Neil are both available, I'm going to go Evan Neal over Aquano just because there's less questions. I do believe there's a higher floor for Evan Neal, but that doesn't necessarily mean that he doesn't have a high ceiling as well. But bro, All you got to do is turn on Iki Aquanu's tape and watch him against Mississippi State and just how he's tossing these SEC defenders around, bro. He's so excellent on those combo blocks, climb, locate, and just finish. The dude's making blocks 20 yards down the field. There is just a lot to love about Ikem Iquano or Ikem Iquano, I believe is how it's pronounced. So please do not misconstrue this as me not liking him because I love that dude's game. But if you're asking me to make a decision between him and Neil, I'm going to go Neil vacations can be tricky you already know how to book flights and hotels but now the only thing you're missing is you know the actual travel experience because is it really a vacation if you're just sitting around like you would at home you need a tool to get the most out of your time away that's where viator steps in you can book guided tours activities excursions and more in one place to make your trip truly unforgettable. Viator has over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from. Everything from simple tours to extreme adventures and all the niche, interesting stuff in between. So you can plan something that everyone you're traveling with will enjoy. Real traveler reviews give the inside scoop from people who already been on the experiences you're considering. So you can plan with confidence. Free cancellation helps you plan for the unexpected. And 24-7 customer support means you can travel worry-free. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. Yeah, I think Hickey is an easy guy to fall in love with as a player, just watching his tape. But like you say, keep coming back to 
the pass protection and having uh, two offensive tackles, two bookends who can stand up to just the waves of pass rushers that the NFL is sending after quarterbacks nowadays because yeah, that's the name of the game. It all comes down to can you pass the ball? You know, which players help you pass the ball the most? Quarterback, the offensive tackles. I don't discriminate between left and right tackle anymore. I don't care. Your edge defenders and your cornerbacks. And also wide receivers. I've kind of lumped them in with the four non-quarterback premium positions now. But if you can throw the ball, you can win. And if you can disrupt the pass, you can win. Everything else, it, it that kind of it takes secondary importance, and that's why I do. I'm with you. I kind of come down on Evan Neal, although, yeah, I do, I do have some concerns over his height, just because again, these guys are all phenomenal athletes. You can't out athlete physics. I'm sorry. <laughs> no, and when you start leaning like that, that's going to be exploited at the NFL level, which we've seen with a lot of taller NFL tackles. It's just typically. Neil does a good job in pa- it's not as exploitable in pass protection. He seems to be a lot more balanced when he is a pass protector, but when it comes to run blocking, that's where it really kind of reared its ugly head. And another thing just with Neil and Nicky before we trans over transfer over to Charles Cross and Trevor Penning, I did believe that Icky had a better anchor than Evan Neal. Not that the anchor of Neil was something that was a huge liability or anything like that, but a quantum, if I had to give him a pass protection trait other than just pure raw power and strength that was better than Evan Neal's, it was that anchoring ability because I, I just never really saw anybody run directly through him. Now, I think a lot of players, defenders, got into his outside shoulder because he was a little bit undisciplined with his hips and didn't use his hands all that well. And then they were able to turn the corner in that manner. But in terms of I'm just going to overpower you, I never saw that with Ikki Aquano. Whereas Evan Neal, there were times where he got pushed back, not really overpowered, but got pushed back more than I saw with Ikki's tape. Yeah, and again, that could be a something of a leverage thing because when you can have all that tremendous power that Ikki plays with and keep your hips low, keep your pads low, you can really put down roots in a way that some taller players just aren't able to, like, Giants fans just got through watching basically three seasons of Nate Solder, who is, you know, six foot eight. And, you know, it, it's easier to get under those guys' pants. Much easier. And speaking of mean players, we talked about Nikki Aquana. <laughs> We're going to go over one that's probably even meaner, more mean, however you want to term it. And that's Trevor Penning versus Charles Cross. And I think this is a very interesting conversation because these are two totally different players. But if we're going to talk about just the fundamentals of playing offensive tackle, I think one of these players is much better than the other. And it's not necessarily the one who played in a more unconventional offense because Cross played in that unconventional offense. But I feel like Charles Cross is much better from a developmental and technical standpoint than a Trevor Penning, who is kind of a yellow flag waiting to happen, albeit he has the size and the athletic ability to be a great tackle in the NFL. But for me, if I had to choose one between these two, it's Charles Cross, but you have to prognosticate because he's coming out of a system that is not necessarily going to be used in the NFL. Where do you land on this argument? Yeah, this is kind of similar to the to the making the case between Evan Neal and Icky. And 
except that these two guys are even more polar opposites. You've got the really smooth, athletic pass protector in Charles Cross, and then the powerful, mean, powerful, mean Trevor Penning. And yeah, sometimes I, when I was watching Penning's tape, I honestly felt like he was too aggressive and too mean for his own good. Like mm-hmm. he he plays offensive tackle almost like he's a, a hockey goon going out there just looking to start a fight. And you know, the, there really is kind of an an artistry to playing offensive line where you have to you want to be aggressive. You don't want to be passive at all. But there is a line you can't cross where you're compromising your own technique trying to get after guys. And I think that's where Penning kind of gets himself into trouble. Uh, Cross, he is smooth. He is athletic. He, I don't know that he is the best pass protector, but he is a very, very good pass protector. Personally, my questions with him come just, can he, can he make that transition to an NFL offense going against NFL defenses and also with the giants switching over to the right side. You know, that, that is just a lot of transition to make yet traits wise. He has fantastic traits. Absolutely. I think you nailed that Chris in terms of the, I feel like it's not discussed a lot how making a transition from an air raid type of system to, to the NFL and then making that flip to the right tackle position, how there's so much that he's going to have to learn and so many different defenses that he's going to see, so many different fronts, so many different types of block he's going to be asked to execute. And that's going to be a a learning curve for someone like a Charles Cross who played his first year in college in a non-air raid system before Mike Leach arrived on campus. There's not a lot of run blocking clips of him. He only had 200 run blocking attempts last year. And that's just the product of the system. And I don't know if it's fair to use it against him, but when you're evaluating a player, you have to take that into account. But my main reason for going cross over Penning isn't just because he is a, I would say like his Penning is a great athlete testing wise. I think Charles Cross looked more athletic on film. I think his feet were a lot cleaner than Trevor Penning. And I think Cross, he was a little bit too patient with his punch when in pass protection. But once the punch was initiated, I felt like he used exceptional hand technique at the point of attack to get the defenders into a position that he wanted them to be. in. There were a couple lapses on film. There were a couple of times where he did overset. I don't think it was necessarily perfect. And I think you alluded to that before. It wasn't perfect, but he's really good in pass protection. But man, Trevor Penning, dude, guy had 34 penalties playing at UNI. That was the most, he was the most penalized player in college football. And that's not even just because he's finishing blocks incredibly aggressively, which, which you like to see. And yet you, you've got to be a little bit more disciplined with that. But, dude, he, he's just not good with his hands. He likes to hold. He likes to grab. He likes to you know grab and then lift so every referee within a 10-mile radius can see that he's holding. I just think, like, you're talking about that in the top 10. I get the upside argument because there are not a lot of human beings his size with his athletic ability. But, dude, you're, you're really going to have to trust his uh, ability to adapt to the NFL and, and the coaches, the offensive line coaches' ability to refine that technique because it's not good. Yeah, and especially looking at how the how referees like to throw flags at the NFL level. I mean, there, there are some games that just get 
borderline unwatchable because there's a flag on every single play. And yeah, there's usually flaggable conduct on every single play, but they don't have to make the game last twice as long as it needs to. And Penning is good. I think the concern with Penning is that there's some Eric Flowers to his game. Flowers at offensive tackle. He's kind of a different player guard, but at tackle where he couldn't get his hands and feet synced up. And he just had this tendency to bear hug defenders as opposed to firing that punch with those long arms of his. And Penning has a lot of the same physical athletic traits. Unfortunately, he also has a lot of those same red flags with his technique. And this was kind of the th- the thing with Flowers is, can you get your coaches to develop the traits and smooth off the rough edges? The Giants tried that with Flowers and it didn't work. Do they trust their offensive line, their new offensive line coach enough to basically trust him to develop pennant or i i suppose you could also say say the same thing about cross but for different reasons exactly for different reasons and i think that's also really important and another thing about penning he was kind of one of the darlings of the senior bowl because he was throwing defenders around but when you watch every single one of his clips (laughs) there are some bad reps there I don't think those should be overlooked when you're really, really aggressive and you have that ability to just toss players to the side, it's going to catch headlines, but you need to be a more complete player than that. If you're discussing that player in the top 10, like if the Giants selected Trevor Penning in the top 10, they better have a good plan on how to refine and develop this young man coming from such a small level of competition where he still had all of those penalties. You know, he was winning with brute strength and power. You're not going to win with brute strength and power at the NFL level. Yeah, no, he's not going to overpower TJ Watt. He's definitely not going to overpower Aaron Donald or really anyone he's likely to face in the NFL. That point about where he was able to win by just being bigger and stronger than everyone else. That's not going to happen. And you're absolutely right. If you draft Trevor Penning, you have to have a plan for how to develop him. You need to have done your homework and your offensive line coach needs to have done his homework and be sure that he can really mold those traits into an NFL offensive tackle. And it might be rough for a year or two. You like Giants fans need to understand if, if maybe the Giants trade back, maybe they get a really good offer for fifth overall, they trade back and wind up taking Trevor Penning. Things might be rough for the first year or two of that rookie contract. I know, and we're going to have to be patient with that. But Chris, before we get out of here, I want to ask one more question, just because we talk a lot about Evan Neal and Akeem Kwanu. So with Charles Cross, how close is he to Icky? He's my third tackle, but I want to I pick your brain to see how close you have him to Ikemi Kwanu. I think he is... Definitely in a lower tier than the top two guys, just because of the amount of the amount of development he might need. Now he might take to the NFL like a duck to water. 
I'm not sure that's the case, but it's possible. Like we both said before, he's got the traits that you look for in an offensive tackle. It might not matter that he hasn't done a whole hell of a lot of run blocking. And, you know, I spent a, a while while we were talking about Evan Neal versus Icky that, you know, run blocking is not as important to me as pass protection. And that is a mark in Cross's favor. Yeah, I, yeah, I, I'm, I definitely have him below Icky, and yeah, I think whether or not I would feel good taking him in the top ten would really have to depend on who else was available, because I think there's a pretty good chance that there's a better player at another position that will be available. And I think that's completely fair. Some players that come to my mind are Jermaine Johnson, Florida State's edge. I think maybe a player that comes to your mind, a Jordan Davis from Georgia. Huh, Chris, what do you say about that? <laughs> <laughs> All right. Yep. All right, everybody. Thank you for joining us here on Big Blue View. Please head on over to BigBlueView.com to check out all of our content on the New York Giants in the NFL draft. And please also leave a comment and a review and subscribe to the podcast if you haven't already. Those comments, they boost up the algorithm to get this podcast a little bit more exposure. So that would be lovely if you could do that as well. And please also have a lovely day and take care of each other. Bye-bye, everybody. Claude 3 from Anthropic is your one-stop shop for enterprise AI. With models at every point of the price-performance curve, you no longer have to make trade-offs between intelligence, speed, and cost. Claude 3 Opus sets new industry benchmarks for intelligence. Sonnet strikes the perfect balance between skill and speed. And Haiku is the fastest and lowest-cost model on the market, perfectly designed for high-volume, high-speed use cases. Join the thousands of enterprises who use Anthropic to navigate this new frontier. Visit anthropic.com slash Claude, C-L-A-U-D-E, today. Jumpstart your genius with Claude 3 by Anthropic. Support for this podcast came from SAS. Data is everything. And now everything is data, which means more to process, more to analyze. And now more than ever, speed to answers matters. So how do you produce those answers as fast as the world produces data? With SAS Via, the quickest way from a billion points of data to a point of view. It's a more productive data and AI platform that helps you get more done. Learn more today at sas.com slash V-I-Y-A.